For almost 10 years now, Movie Geeks United has provided up to a thousand filmmaker interviews. Original series like the Kubrick series, the art of cinematography, the art of the score, the art of the documentary, the Tinseltown tragedy series. We're even branching out and doing special events now, like film festivals and the recent Cartemquin Films 50th Anniversary Gala. We've done all of this in the hopes of creating a haven where all movie geeks can unite and learn and share a common love for the art form of the movies. We want to continue producing all the great content that you love and support with your listenership, but we need your support if you're able to give it. If you visit our website at moviegeeksunited.net, click the donate link at the top of the page. That'll take you to instructions on how you can participate in supporting the show. Thank you. about the Guns N' Roses song in it. What was the Guns N' Roses song in it? Uh, you could you could be mine. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Was it the Midnight Show? Yeah. The K-B-4 was the K-B-4 was released that you went? Remember there was a... a this was the earliest I could remember when they had the night before before the day it came out. Cause I remember I was able to get tickets for it and I dragged two friends to see it who were unenthusiastic to say the least. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought I saw it midnight too. Uh, I was in Chicago with my girlfriend. She was doing some kind of dance. Um, she was a dancer, so she had some kind of conservatory she was doing that summer. And I went up to visit her, and it was. I said, "Hey, let's go see Terminator 2 at midnight," and we and we went, and it was uh, it was stunning. I mean, I thought it was really good storytelling. She still loves him, I guess. I see her crying sometimes. She denies it totally, of course, like she got something stuck in her eye. Why do you cry? You mean people? Yeah. I don't know. We just cry. You know, when it hurts. Pain causes it? Uh, no. It's different. It's when there's nothing wrong with you, but you're in anyways. You get it? No. All right, my man! No problemo. And to a large extent, I wish we still had that James Cameron. 
but I, I don't think we do. No. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think we do. Um, the movie now that so he's good. devoting the rest of his natural life to Avatar, you know. Yeah, I mean. so let's, let's talk about that for a second. So he's going to do Avatar. Peter do we have Jackson, to? No, 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 no. <laughs> Peter Jackson's going to be forever associated with, like, Tolkien. Lucas is forever going to be associated with his uh, navel. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting because Cameron had so much that he could have given us and for some reason, he thought it, that when we left Avatar, we were really concerned that, hey, what are they going to do in the next? What what's next for these characters? Not realizing. I think it's this, what a, I think it's just a massive delusion on his part. Well, yeah, it's I mean, a, it's, well, it's not so much delusion. I mean, the fact that the movie made what so many billions. I mean, that's not but, a delusion. That's a fact. So yeah, whether okay, whether that, we like but, it. Whether we like it or not, that you know, that's irrelevant. The fact is, okay, the numbers are there. The numbers are there. Okay, yes, but is the discussion there? Is there really a discussion uh, amongst uh, in the culture? You know, uh, that's. Uh, I mean, it, was that was that movie just? Was it only a hit because it was the 3D movie? Or is it something, was it really a, a love of that world? I don't think there's a love for that world. No, and I don't I think, think that, really I don't think people, I don't think people, I think that's where the delusion comes in. Let me, well, let, let me just, let me just say something though. He knew at the end of Terminator 2 that that was it. That was, as far as he was concerned, that. That's all he wanted to do with it. That's all he wanted to do. And, and. You know, I will say, you know, as much as I like Salvation, I'm, I would be willing to say I wish that they never made Rise of the Machines. And the, they should have the stopped up. there. Yeah. But they why can't, can't because it's that with money. Avatar? You know, why can't James Cameron in 91 see the same camera and say, hey, you know what, I made Avatar, I did it, I proved that I could do this. Uh, why does he have to do four of them? Why, why can't he go do the crowded room? Yeah, it's his money, and it, he likes those stories. I, I get maybe the second one will be better. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't begrudge him that no more than I begrudge him doing another Jurassic World. Even though I thought the first Jurassic World was terrible, but you know Jurassic World made five hundred million dollars, so you'd be a fool. Well, you no, know, I, I see what you're saying, uh, Aaron, and. <laughs> You know, it's just that these are such the spectacle. I understand the spectacle, but beneath the spectacle, there's nothing there. I mean, and there's always this. There's always this. Uh, if you underestimate James Cameron, uh, more than likely you will lose that bet. <laughs> yeah. Because he he comes through every you know pretty much every time. Uh, even if you don't like Avatar. It still was the biggest movie of all time. Mm. Uh, for whatever reason, he he has that sense for what the masses want to see. So we'll see. I mean, four more Avatar movies are a huge gamble because the second Avatar could come out and and not do well, and then you're still stuck with three more. Mm. Um, well, maybe he won't make I, the I other mean, the three. I, I, they're making them simultaneously, so I oh am yeah. not going to count out. Yeah, I'm not counting him out though. Oh, that would be a mistake. I would never count him out. Oh, oh I'm not going to count him out either. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I 
He must. He. I don't know. He. He's got to be really in love with these characters for some Let's reason. He, he must see something that monsters. we don't. I want to talk about monsters. Let's see in '91, okay? Let's not go to 2000. <laughs> Terminator. Let's just talk about Terminator 2 for a second. Yeah. Uh, it was a land more than the abyss. Even it was a landmark in visual effects, and it gave us uh, Robert Patrick. Uh, it was a great villain. Um, yeah, it was a good villain. Good villain, and unfortunately, just, it also gave us Edward Furlong, who I think is the worst thing in the movie. And unfortunately, he carries the movie. I'm not a huge fan of Terminator 2. I like the first Terminator. I I like the special effects. Uh, they're cool. I do like Robert Patrick in it, but uh, it, it's that kid that I can't stand. I can't well, even stand no the more. sound isn't of his he, voice. Isn't isn't he a has been now? Isn't he like on Hollywood Squares or whatever? Or De- Hollywood deservedly so. Well, the following, the following, following Terminator 2, this is, and talk about a harbinger of things to come, we get on July, on July 10th, we get regarding Henry. Oh, you're skipping yeah. right over Problem Child 2. Yes, problem <laughs> how, wait, 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 how can you skip Problem Child 2? Because uh, <laughs> well, it just wasn't as good as Problem Child 1. <laughs> That's right, you're, you're absolutely right. But isn't John Ritter in Problem Child too? Shouldn't we talk about John? I mean, I mean, isn't that like not? He, he was a good guy. I mean, I don't want to knock mm. his head, but I mean, he was a good guy. I mean, it was a rush. I mean, it was a rush sequel. I mean, it was. Oh God, um, yeah. I mean, literally a year later. Hey, here's a, here's a trivia question. Here's a trivia question I always like to ask people. What Scorsese movie featured Problem Child? Cape Fear. Right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Because, because secretly, secretly, I think I think Scorsese is a fan. Uh, <laughs> that's funny to think of that. But uh, uh, regarding Henry, I said the harbinger of things to come because screenplayed by J.J. Abrams. God, I, I'd forgotten about that. No, no, no. This is Dean. This is what we were talking about because the whole relationship between him and Harrison Ford, and yeah, that's how you treat your friends. Let's kill them off. Um, you know. Mm. I'm, I hate that Adam Driver, son of a bitch. Um, but you know, um, it, it is a harbinger. Is it? It was. A, I did enjoy the movie. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on videotape, but I remember enjoying it. I didn't think it was a great movie or anything, but it was a fun movie, if that makes sense. Yes. When when you think of uh, rehab from brain injuries, you think fun. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I remember. I, I remember I just being day, totally so. underwhelmed by it, even though it's it's. Uh, Mike Nichols, right? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's Mike Nichols, yeah. Harrison Ford, Annette Bening. Um, the best performance is actually by the... Well, the two best performances are by the girl who plays the and daughter. Dog. I forget her name, sadly. And Bill Nunn. I thought it was just a dog yeah. was really good in the movie, yeah. too. But that's <laughs> What's wrong? Don't like my eggs? Uh, uh. Uh, what? Okay. Okay, I heard you. I heard you. Don't be pretending you can't talk. Listen, if you don't speak, I don't know what you want. All you got to do is tell me anything you want. All you got to do is make the call. This is like room service here, man. You ever been to a hotel? So what do you want? Cheeseburger? Huh? No, no, no. You like caviar and shit like that, right? Cool, man. Just just tell me you want caviar. Come on, say caviar. Caviar. What? Come on, man, say it. Ritz. Ritz. <laughs> you want some crackers? You can have anything you want. You want some crackers? 
<laughs> Get this man some Ritz crackers! Ritz. <laughs> By the way, isn't John Leguizamo in this one too? Does, isn't yes, he the one that shoots Harrison Ford in the head? Yeah. Yes. John Leguizamo's the one. There's a restrained the performance. And he uh, he talks about he actually talks about the making of the film in his autobiography that Mike Nichols was not the most pleasant guy to work with uh, oh. on set. Uh, then the following week, July twelfth, that Friday, we get we get I feel are the highlights of the summer for me, anyways. Uh, Boys in the Hood and Point Break. Um, That's a pretty I, good double I'd bill there. I'd have to agree. I mean, the films that we still talk about today, um, if I can just give a... I work with someone who quotes from Boys in the Hood to this day. He quotes from that movie. And it, and it is a great movie. There's no, I can't, there's no way you can say that that movie holds up very well. But I work with a guy who loves that movie so much. He's much younger than we are. He's 32, and he quotes from that movie. Well, Boys in the Hood... After Terminator 2, Boys in the Hood probably was the most anticipated film that summer. Mm-hmm. Coming out of the Cannes Film Festival and the whole uh, mythology that was starting to build around Singleton. Right. Uh, and it was an amazing film. We, I remember my family, we were actually going to go to Point Break, and we decided to go to Boys in the Hood. And actually it wound up being my movie of the year that, that year. It's just right. an amazing uh Piece of filmmaking. Larry, uh, the great showcase for Larry Fishburne, and where we, I guess, where we first saw Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ice Cube is to me the best person in it. Uh, Ice Cube is an actor. Ice Cube is one of his yes. two great performances. That mm-hmm. and um, Three Kings, obviously, but mm-hmm. he is so good in that movie, and he has so many great moments. Hey man, what's wrong with you? Fuck you looking at, nigga? I'm still trying to find out, nigga. Hold on, hold on. Oh, we got a problem here? Hold on. We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Oh, what up with this? Going away, nigga. Can we have one night where there ain't no fight, nobody get shot? Shut up, bitch. Bitch, you fuck you fuck call a bitch. Let's get that bitch out. I mean, look, let's be very honest. This is a movie like uh, he. I do think Singleton made some good movies after this. Um, and well, that's open. I know that's, a, that's another show, um, but this is just—it's the—it's just such a great coming of age movie. We don't see the great ones that stick around like this in the mind, but this movie came along at the right time and hit all the right notes, and it rules. It's just yeah. superb. It does, and I hold it up. You know, you know, I had problems. Um, with both uh, recent films Selma and Straight Outta Compton, with its portrayal of um, of its kind of rote uh, races, and particularly Straight Outta Compton, its its portrayal of racist cops, I thought were kind of cartoonish. And Boys in the Hood probably has still has one of the all-time best portrayals of hmm. of a of a 
racist uh, officers in movie history. And, uh, I, I'll give you that. I would and, definitely give you that. And so it's just wonderful. And as for Point Break, I get a lot of eyebrows raised when I say, and and I love um, Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker, top ten films on, on those years, but I still say uh, Point Break is Catherine Bigelow's masterpiece. Thank you. Um, mm, wow. I agree with you. Them strong words. Uh, I, no, but I agree, because that's the first movie that she does where, how shall we say it? I, I've never seen the remake. I have no desire to see the remake. I think it's an insult, but um, I... Uh, I, mean, I don't, I mean, this one still stands, and what, what I love about it is really it's a meditation, you know, use that word, you know, it's kind of used maybe a little too much in critical circles, but on kind of male friendship and male romance and even a little bit of satire on male bonding. Right. Uh, and I guess I guess thing it works on so many uh on satirical levels, on poignant levels, on action levels. Uh I love little throwaway moments like the way Keanu Reeves goes Gary Busey into telling him his theory and he tells him, Why don't you get a why don't you get a job working security? Tell Nam stories. Uh I I just think it's a great line reading. Right. And uh, right, right. this is this is three years before speed and Keanu Reeves really shows he was a very every guy, every man type of action hero. Mm. I think well, let me say stuff. one thing before before we leave this week. Uh, I want to say one thing about Boys in the Hood, uh, an undeniably powerful movie. That um, it's one of those cases, though, where uh, some of the audience, at least, did not get it. They did not get the message of the movie. Um, the the same thing that the movie was preaching against. Some members of the audience. Uh, you know, when I was watching the movie with an audience, there were a lot of people that cheered when uh, he, he he sought vengeance at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The movie clear, the movie clearly wants to say it's an endless cycle of violence that has to stop. Right. Um, you say it was a greatly anticipated movie. It was by movie fans because this was the arrival of a of a potentially major new voice with John Singleton. But in theater circles, because I was a theater manager at that time, it was dreaded. Um, twenty minutes away from twenty minutes away from my house in the theater, somebody got shot in the head. Opening weekend of Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a riot in my theater for another John Singleton movie that was completely anti-violence. But the but the some members of the audience just did not were not receptive to that message. Well, and also, I, mean, I remember New Jack, New Jack City had come out like I guess, three months earlier, so the media was all was all over was all over this film, basically anticipating uh, mm-hmm. and predicting. Bad and that's behavior. not fair for the content of the film itself because it's such a no. wonderful movie with such a great message. Right. But uh, you know, so it's not a reflection on the content of the movie. There's mm. just a lot of morons out there that misread it. Uh, yeah. and, but can, a filmmaker can't be responsible for how you misread something. That happened two years later with Menace to Society, 
and it also it, happened with higher learning. It happened. Well, it happened a few years earlier with Taxi Driver. And the Warriors. And yeah. Warriors and Colors mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. I was in a theater on Saving Private Ryan opening weekend or opening week, and I was stunned when people cheered uh, at the end uh, when Upham kills the German guy. Mm. Uh, right. I was like, oh, this is the wrong audience. Is that over, by the way? Is, I, I, I haven't heard of a movie in recent time that, uh, you know, puts out the siren warnings for, for, the, uh, for the theatrical release. You know, oh, there's going to be riots in the theater. I haven't heard that in quite some time. Is that, no, are I we haven't done heard that at all recently. No, but you also had it with you also had it with Last Temptation of Christ. I mean, it isn't just like inner city violence movies. I mean, it's uh, all kinds of things. Yeah, that the Passion of Christ. They were worried about that. Huge worry. Passion was probably Passion was probably the last film where you had like tension in the theater. Yeah, and that's probably the last one. Who knows? Maybe we'll have tension. I'm thinking. I'm predicting shootouts at the remake of Blair Witch. That's for a totally different reason. Hey, don't laugh. When, um, That'll be people Blair shooting was, themselves. It won't yeah, really Blair be a shootout. Out, um, around here, there was, uh, I think, an uh, AMC City place. They were they walked, They were just so angry because it wasn't a traditional horror film. It's just like they tried to bum-rush the, um, the ticket booth to get their money back because mm. it wasn't a traditional horror movie. <laughs> there were stories like that that came out because they were so pissed off. Well, the following week, on the 19th of July, we get Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and Dutch. Now, by default, Bill and Ted is the What about the next film. week? <laughs> by default, Bill Let's and talk Ted... about, what, what was the other movie that came out? Dutch. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this is a bad week. This is a bad week, but um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was so bad. It was so hard to watch on no, videotape. I, I, I stand up for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because it works on two levels. One, it works on its own sophomore dumb level, which is uh-huh. how most people just kind of took it. And there is a level of sophistication going on underneath. I mean, William Sadler as death. He's the he's the MVP of the movie. I mean, like he's, he's if there the is one. I mean, if there is an MVP, I mean, well, but there, in a way, it's actually better than the original because he's in it. Uh, he he's hilarious uh, as as uh, death or uh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, oh yes, no, no, no. I thought you said the Grim Reaper. D. Miss. <clears throat> B. Three. Miss. C. Six. Hit. Dude, I know. J seven. 
hit. You have sunk my better ship. Excellent! Yeah! I totally knew you put it in the J's, dude. Good thinking, Ted. You must play me again. What? Um, best two out of three. No way! Yes way. Does there need to be a third one? No. Well, there, there, there didn't need to be a second one. There didn't need to be a second one. Thank you. There didn't need to be a second one, but they made one that was surprisingly good. I don't think there'll ever be a third one. No. I know, I know they always claim, oh, it's just a matter of us getting together and working it out, but... No, they they won't. Well, I think that's what what's Alex Winter doing? I mean, is he like what 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 do you see like? He's a, doing documentaries like, now. So. No, he's a filmmaker. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Freaks. I thought Freaks was very good. But, uh, well, no, I mean he's doing he's doing documentaries. He's doing great documentaries. Downloaded is one of the most important. Oh yeah, docs. no, 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 yeah, you know, Downloaded, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also did Fever. Didn't he do a movie called Fever a couple of years, like like a decade ago? That was uh, not bad. Also, I mean. Hmm. So oh, do we have anything to say up. about uh, Do we have anything to say about Dutch oven? <laughs> Dutch oven. Uh, uh, Ed O'Neill, right? Well, this, Ed this, was, this was the summer where basically the two stars from Married with Children got their movie breaks: Christine Applegate and Ed O'Neill. Um, Dutch is one of those movies that I, you know, I watch on when it comes on cable. Because there's nothing else on, that doesn't mean I like it one way or the other. Uh, it's just kind of one of those movies you just kind of have on background as background noise. Um, to me, to me, you know, there's no, there's nothing. I, I I know I'm probably going to be in the minority here, but there's nothing worse to me than Married with Children. I just say I mean the only thing worse to me is like Family Guy. So I'm like I'm not into that. Jesus uh, Christ, Dean, now of... you tell me I got every box <laughs> set of both shows for Christmas, I'm, and now I'm you not tell in... me. I already pre-ordered it last month for you. I'm oh, not into Christ. that realm of of uh, insult uh, comedy. Uh, oh. I just, I, it's not my deal. Well, so, here's uh, you. don't think you know, you know, is a genius? You know which Who? actor... Uh, cons- considers uh, Married with Children his favorite show? Harvey Keitel. Mm. Nick Nolte. Tell me. Nick Nolte. Oh, man. Why, why does... You know what? That, that Honestly, I can see that. I can see that. He probably mm. wanted to play the neighbor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, he's probably... He, he, he aspires to be Ted uh, Bundy or whatever the guy is. I don't Al. know what his character's name is. Al, Al Bundy. Bundy. Ted Bundy. Better than Noah. Well, the, on Wednesday, July 24th, in limited release, it would go wide uh, towards the end of the month, we have what I assume is Jamie's favorite film of the summer, uh, and it is a great film, The Doctor. Dr. McKee, what is it? Give him a minute. You see for yourself, I have a waiting room full of patients. One fewer. What? You have one fewer patients. I'm out. Look, doctor, I, I know how you must be feeling. That's the problem. You don't have the first idea what I'm feeling. I think we better continue this conversation some other time. 
I think you ought to brush up your act, Dr. Rabbit. Because today I'm sick. Tomorrow or the day after, 30 years from now, you'll be sick. Every doctor becomes a patient somewhere down the line, and then it'll hit you as hard as it's hit me. I'm finding you very offensive, so if you don't mind. Sure. <laughs> if I had a patient like me when I was a doctor like you, I'd... I'll just wait for my file. I'll get you your file. Airmail. Thank you. What I love to do is contrast this to regarding Henry. Yes, and please. You could tell you could tell the pitfalls of regarding Henry by examining the strengths of the doctor. Um, the doctor is very kind of subtly uh, uh, told. Um, it's it has a has nice shadings to it because William Hurt has a lot of nice shadings to him. I mean, he, he's. It's, he doesn't spell his performances out to you. You have to look at his expressions. You have to examine uh, what he's doing as an actor, and it's always interesting and surprising and unique. Uh, regarding Henry is is a 17-year-old writing a screenplay. It's what I would expect from J.J. Abrams writing that screenplay. The doctor is He's very... doing that right now as a 17-year-old, though. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, doctor, the doctor is essentially the same story. But it's told in a very adult, uh, subtle, observational way. I love, I love the Doctor, and I, I loved Randa Haynes. Uh, she was a great filmmaker, who happened to be a woman, and I wish that she was still making movies today because I, I, I really enjoyed her voice, and she had a great relationship with William Hurt. Um, you know, I was talking to my mother earlier today about the Doctor, and I said that's my favorite movie from this summer. And she said, that's such an odd movie. And I said, it's not odd. It's probably the most uh, mainstream, uh, conventional movie that William Hurt's ever done. <laughs> but she just sees William Hurt and thinks that he's odd. Follow my well, I remember seeing it and thinking I, I was a little underwhelmed by it. I, was just, I just felt it was kind of, uh, kind of a sleepy TV movie. Uh, which I don't she agree from, with. She mm. came from TV movies, so uh, um, I mean that's all those. I have a different take on the movie just because I didn't see it when it came out in theaters. Because um, it is actually many years later that I watched this movie. I think it's actually I, I do. I'm, I'm more in Jamie's camp. I think it's a good movie. Um, but you know, my dad was a doctor, and he would not go see this movie. He mm. was not. He was you know. I, I just don't. I think at the time it was like at the, a couple of years before the Saint Elsewhere was on, and the only I love Saint Elsewhere, but he hated. I mean, he hated Saint Elsewhere. I mean, he hated it with a passion. But I don't think he liked watching his profession portrayed on screen. It is how I look at it now. At, at 45 years old, I can see that. But I watched. I actually thought that movie and a movie that came out years later, Critical Care, were probably the two best movies I've seen. About doctors in recent what, memory. Not not vital signs. No, no, not vital signs. But if you want me to, I'll go back and watch that, um, Aaron. Our homework. No, but the Some... humanity, the humanity of the doctor, is what gets mm -hmm. me. I mean, just the little moments where you could see him start to change 
from the very impersonal, money-hungry guy who's an expert in this field and nobody questions him to, to a guy with a conscience. And right. that can be told in a, in a very obvious, heavy-footed way. Like regarding Henry. Henry. Yeah, but it's not so told that, that way in the doctor. Would you say J.J. Abrams has never really understood the word subtle or multi-layered? No, or? I, I don't denigrate J.J. Abrams. I think J.J. Abrams is a terrific storyteller. I mean, I mean, he was 23 when he wrote regarding Henry. So, I mean, of course, it's not going... He doesn't have the level of life experience. No, 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 I think that's a fair thing. That's a fair. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Look, I like J.J. Abrams. I have. The I have, thing about the thing about the doctor. The doctor is just. It's very adult. I mean, the all the scenes with the female doctor who's like taking care of him, and she's so cold and efficient. They just they they ring true, and then the the. the the highlight for me, the two highlights for me, are, is the fight that he has with his wife that, when he can't talk. Yeah, right. Is, uh, it's an amazing piece of acting. Um, you know, an actor be, not being able to talk uh, and still communicate. And then the last. They're both so good. Yeah. He and Christine Lottie are just so good in that movie. And the last scene where he gets the note um, and he goes. Up to the roof, it's just it's just a perfect ending uh, to the to the to the story, and he just has it's a, a beautiful just, movie. And by the and, way, it's a summer movie. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the most extraordinary things about it is this uh, this, I, this kind of movie case. being released by a uh, studio nowadays <laughs> in the summer yeah. is unthinkable. It was a case of and by the way, had, this, uh, this is a touchstone movie. This yeah. is a touchstone yeah, yeah, movie, touchstone like I mentioned movie. at the very, the very the beginning movie. of our conversation. But this is a good touchstone movie. This is, this is what they should have been making with dramas. They thought they had an Oscar movie, I think, at least for William Hurt, and uh, it just didn't. Uh, yeah, turn I mean, out. it didn't turn out. They, this movie would be released by Bleecker Street movie, you know, Bleecker Street or um, one of the. You know, smaller companies that we see out there today, or um, well, remember, like no... I said, it started off in limited and it rolled out. Um, so, and it had probably some of the Long Boys in the Hood probably had some of the best reviews of the summer. Well, the final week okay, of July, next? the final week of July, we is pretty much a dumping ground. We get uh, another you, oh, Life God. stinks, mobsters. V.I. Warshawski and Hot Shots. Now, but Hot Shots is the best of all of those. I don't care what anyone says. Hot yeah. Shots has some good stuff, and I actually like parts, good chunks of uh, uh, Life Stinks. And, Me too. And, um, and actually, V.I. Warshawski is not a bad showcase for Kathleen Turner. But that's no, all it's... it's that's I all saw it is. that one in the theater actually, and I saw that in the theater. Um, uh, God, and and I was looking forward to it because I like Catherine Turner a lot. At the time I've never read any of the Sarah Paretsky books, but I, it wasn't. From what I remember, it was not a bad movie. Um, but it's just a Hot Shots is the one that sticks out mm. the most. I whether that's mm. because of Charlie Sheen's Tiger Blood or whatever, I don't know. But um, and then, uh, yeah. 
But another another you is just a sad movie to look at. If you oh, watch I can't it. watch it. I it's, cannot watch that movie. It's sad. Who's in that? That's Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Oh yeah, that is sad. It's a <laughs> that's the last hurt. one, right? So a, it was uh, the last one, and Richard Pryor just looks. I mean, it looks very very bad. Um, so it's just kind of a hard watch thing. Moving. I'd rather watch moving with Richard Pryor than that again. Um, <laughs> you know, Leipzig <laughs> needs somebody to stick up for because, you know, amongst all of the uh, Mel Brooks movies, I think that one really gets forgotten because it's it's not a spoof of a, of a genre, uh, which he had become known for at this point. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story, on, uh, you know, that stands on its own. It's not and, a truly original story in that it's about a rich guy that gets demoted into being a uh, a homeless person in order to win a bet. Uh, and uh, uh, so we've seen that story before. The, the, well, the, the two things I'll say about it. One, it's a better version of a movie that comes out like two months later, three months later, The Super with Joe mm. Pesci. It's a much oh, yeah, better version no, it's than a much that. Better. And... The other thing, it has a gag in there uh, that it that it did first, beating the Big Lebowski by seven years, involving uh, the spreading of ashes. Um, oh yes, that's right. I remember watching it and thinking, oh wow, yeah. The, uh, there's uh, there's also a really great supporting performance by. Um, uh, by Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I think she's really, really good at it as the as the homeless woman that uh, that Mel Brooks kind of teams up teams up with. Right. And there's an unusual dance sequence in it, uh, uh, which you know every every one of Mel Brooks's movies you know has a has a musical sequence in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, just a just an underrated movie. I don't think I bet a lot of people who love Mel Brooks still have never watched it. Gentlemen, let's go to work. Mel Brooks is Goddard Bolt, a ruthless tycoon who never gives much thought to the little guy until he makes a dangerous bet. Bet that you could survive down here without using any of your resources for 30 days. And if you do it, you get my half of the property. You don't do it, I'm going to get yours. I can do it. You can't do it. You'll never make it. Take it all. I won't need anything. And you won't need this either. Ah! Now, can he survive on the streets without his money? Morning, sir. Hey, 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 get away from my car. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just cleaning your windshield, sir. Cleaning my windshield, you made it worse. Yeah, that better? Hot two, hot two, ziggity bean bum, boom, hot two. Can he dance for his dinner? Hot two, hot two, ziggity bean bum, boom, hot two. Hot two, hot two, ziggity bean bum, boom, hot two. And just when things look their worst, ah! he meets a bag lady and finds love in the strangest of places. Hurry, hurry. I'm going as fast as I can. I want you. Where are you? Life is funny. I have amassed $6.4 billion. And I've amassed 6.5. You didn't. I did. You didn't. I did. Life is strange. Maybe it's because I'm richer. But mostly, 
Life stinks. Life stinks. Life stinks. Life stinks. Mel Brooks, Leslie Ann Warren. Life stinks. You'll never know how much this project excites me. And then Mobsters is just Mobsters is it, just a weird movie. It, it's, it's embarrassing. It's an origin story, but it has no point of view. Uh, and then it's an overly complicated plot. Um, like I said, this was the year. I guess they're like I said, Christian Slater was on the rise, so he had this and the Robin Hood, and and I figure what else he had. And, it, and then in the fall, in the, in the, and he also had cuffs. Um, oh, <laughs> right. cuffs. And, and you know when cuffs. I mean, and the answer is very easily. But um, oh, you know, when boy. cuffs is your highlight. You know, he made one great movie after this, and that was True Romance. A couple of years later, but I mean, yeah. it, and he by that point it was too. Too late. It was too. It was too little. Too late. But um, no, he was still doing okay. I guess. I guess Mr. Robot gave him his. Mr. Robot well, gave him his been, relevance. I've always. Well, I've always thought he's underrated as an actor. Uh, you know. But I mean, Mobsters is just. It's just a weird, bad. You know. It's just well, I think. Mob, a, I think Mobsters was made because Young Guns did well. So it's like right. put all these young, hot, up and coming actors in a kind of classic. A genre, uh, it just didn't replicate Young Guns. Uh, only none of, I mean, most of the actors. I mean, if you look at them, you know, you're like, who? Now you're like, Costas Mandalore, uh, Robbie <laughs> Eastman. Well, I mean, uh, you, know, you look at it, and it's like, <laughs> the Boardwalk Empire did this so much better. Also, in hindsight, you know, now that we have that to, I mean, it, Mobs is so historically inaccurate. Um, I mean, I'd just really, rather I'd rather watch Bugsy Malone. I'd rather watch. I'd rather, <laughs> you know, I would too, Dean. You know, Bugsy the end of Bugsy, Bugsy Malone, Malone is, is so good. Bugsy Malone <laughs> is one of those movies that you know. I'm sorry, the end of that movie, I always made time for in elementary yeah. school. So, uh, <laughs> you know, well, you know, monsters. I think we've I think we've zeroed in on it. Monsters is missing the youth and sexual vigor of a Steve Buscemi. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, so so the or uh, Hurley for that matter. But the uh, <laughs> I mean. the first week of August, the first week of August, things pick up a little bit. We get uh, slacker and body parts and Doc Hollywood and yeah. also uh, uh, Todd Haynes' poison. All oh, right, poison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we get poison, but and that's, I mean, let's be honest. Slacker is probably what we still talk about. Slacker. Yeah. Um, and we talk about poison also. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. You do talk it's about the poison. debut of two major indie voices. I mean, mm-hmm. both of those. So mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, I guess I guess Todd Haynes had become noteworthy. Uh, uh, for doing the Karen Carpenter story, yeah. Yeah, was which was, that uh, was a suppressed movie. <laughs> no, but that put but, him on the map, though. That movie put yeah. his, his name on the map. But, but as far as Linklater was concerned, Slacker, I mean, like I said, we still talk about Slacker today. On the show, mm. we've talked about it many times. Um, 
you know, not in your history. Um, it's an important film. It's one of the, I mean, it gave the village voice a lot of it, you know, a lot of reason to have a lot of pages at the time. Um, so I, and in terms, in terms of a negative legacy, um, the success of Slacker gave us the film career of Kevin Smith. In, you yeah. know, I would, you know, or I how would say that in the 90s, but in the 2000s, and especially with what we've seen in this, in the 21st century, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're is, any, right. is anyone going to the one night only Kevin Smith movie? Which one is that? The Yoga Hosers? Or? Is, no, I don't even know. I, I gave up after Tusk. I, I wrote, I'm done. Did you uh, watch all Tusk? <laughs> so you're dead you with Kevin Smith this? now? I'm 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 done. I'm, well, you know, if it comes on TV, maybe I'll look at it. But I'm not going to go out of my way anymore. I'm just not. I'm I'm done. Mm, good for uh, you. But this is the one. This is <laughs> the one with his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, right? Yeah, I mean, Tusk had some moments. I mean, but very few and far between. But no, Tusk is what terrible. moments? Enlighten me. Uh, <laughs> I actually did like Johnny Depp in Tusk. Um, I thought he I, was kind of. I thought he was kind of funny. Okay, no, uh, I, I didn't know it was him until the credits rolled, but okay. I was grasping at straws. But, you're, uh, trying to, God, you're trying to find something to like in every movie. It's that's why we love Aaron, because he's very positive. No, um, the, but I want to talk about the, the film here. I mean, Slacker is great. Um, I like Slacker a lot. I think, obviously, Dazing and Fused is his masterpiece yes. from two years later. But the film that I want to talk about, and I just talked about it with Jamie like maybe a week ago, uh, Doc Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's just a beautifully written rom-com. Uh, there's, uh, I saw that again like a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. And there are some gags, on-running gags in there that just, I don't know, they just never fail to, to not crack me up. The, uh, the, the receptionist who keeps doing the time card uh, every time the doctor comes in uh, cracks me up the way that uh, the people come to my hooky fox so he can read their mail mm-hmm. and that's an unrunning gag uh, and it's just uh, it turns into this great eccentric uh, rom-com it's the best you know it, it's like uh, it's like a Preston Sturges kind of film no, uh, no, I, yeah. I agree. With I, I agree with you. Good movie. It's a, it's a very good. It's movie. a really charming movie. I don't have movie. a problem with it. Is that him? That's him. He's young, huh? Boys, this here is Ben Stone, the Hollywood physician. You're going to spend a couple few days with us. Uh, ben, this here is uh, Mortimer, John, Aubrey. Probably don't want to shake his hand. Sorry, over in the corner there. Sorry, got a cow that sings. Of course, you remember Cotton, ah. Miss Lillian? Hollywood, La La Land. Beverly Hills, actually. Whatever. Well, William's been a movie star. Oh, Aubrey, it was just an army training film. Oh, come now, you were the star. You played the leading role. It was about BD. I was the bacterial. Had a big scene with penicillin. Mm, yes. A death scene. Take a load off, doctor. This will stop your worries. We're starting. <laughs> <laughs> So, Doc, what do you think of our town? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen all of it yet. Oh, yeah, you have. Opportunity abounds here. The growth rate was up 0.3% last year. There's no crime. By the way, we are the county seat. Fellas, fellas, no point in beating a dead horse to death. That's all in the brochure. Ben Stone, we are prepared to offer you a 
permanent position as medical practitioner supreme here in the greater Grady metropolitan area and squash capital of the South. My salary is $27,000 per annum and plus housing. $27,000? You see, Nick, I told you. Oh, $30,000. Look, you people don't even know me. Oh, I noticed right off, Eddie. Double knots of shoelaces. Oh, excellent credentials. Shows he's careful. Anyway, don't you already have a doctor? Oh, yeah, yeah, with that hole. See, the problem with hole, yeah, he's old. Old and wholly unpleasant. Point is, he's not going to be around forever. 35,000? Well, yeah, but that takes a unanimous vote of the whole entire city council. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Unanimous. I was thinking the other day, is Michael, is Michael J. Fox a good actor? Um, and what we, what we think of as good actors, I mean, we obviously know he's aces at comedy. He's got great comedic timing. But I have a feeling he could do that in his sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started to kind of assess the rest of his career of whether or not he was a good actor. I think he was a good actor because he took chances. We don't think of Michael J. Fox taking chances, but he played a cocaine addict book editor in Bright Lights, Big City. He played an, ar- uh, 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 an army uh, infantryman in Vietnam opposite Sean Penn in Casualties of War. Uh, he played a Detroit rocker opposite Joan Jett in Light of Day. This is a guy that went outside of his comfort zone. And I don't think he's given enough credit for that. No, it's true. Mm. It is very true. Yeah. He, he, uh, he used his fame to leverage, on, you know, of TV, to leverage into doing, you know, interesting, you know, work and, you know, uh, allowing his name to, I guess, get projects that wouldn't have gotten made otherwise. Made. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, we didn't know that at the time, but, you know, you know, one of the reasons Casualties of War got greenlit was like, oh, okay, Michael J. Fox wants to be in it. Or Bright Lights, Big City, okay, Michael J. Fox wants to be in it. Okay, we can greenlight that. Uh, so he, he used his fame wisely. Those are challenging some, movies. Yeah. Challenging yeah. movies, challenging directors. Environments, mm-hmm. uncomfortable positions to be put in. I wouldn't want to go to the Philippines with Sean Penn as my arch nemesis for. No, three, it's four someone months. else's TV actor. And, <laughs> and Brian someone De Palma. TV actor. I mean, and you're here now. Um, and Brian De Palma as the person giving you guidance. I mean, it's hell. Yeah, and uh, Schrader, and he's working yeah. with really challenging directors. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, next topic. Know, all right. Then uh, the following week, this is where it really starts to get a little, you know, doldrum. We get Delirious uh, with John Candy, Bingo the Dog, Double Impact with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Pure Luck with Danny Glover and Martin Short. Oh. Can we this skip is what this I remember week? about Pure well, Luck. We should just skip this all is what four I remember of about those. Pure Luck. <laughs> uh, Pure Luck. Wasn't somebody killed on the set of Pure Luck? Uh, I don't Not know. Not me. Yeah. yeah. It was. It might have been the. Uh, who's might the, have been a it might have been the Joe Pesci, the Joe Pesci Danny Glover movie. Oh, that's Gone um, Fishing. It's, gone the, fishing. it's either Pure Luck or Gone Fishing. Yeah, I think it was Gone Fishing because a boat went out of control and it it went into shore and hit a person and killed them. And I was mm-hmm. like, God, to we'll die on to die on any movie set. Or well, I mean, maybe well, Joe Pesci fine. did something to them. <laughs> Finally, August 14th, in limited release, and it goes wide, we get a good film, The Commitments. That's a great movie. That's, that's, that's my movie. choice. 
That's my choice next to another movie that's coming up. That's my choice for the best movie of the summer. Cause, is, uh, is, is the other movie Mystery Date? Dean? No. <laughs> no, is it dead again? No. Okay, well, so, no, the, the Commitments is great Alan Parker. Alan Parker is, uh, you know, runs hot and cold. Uh, I love Commitments, Shoot the Moon, and Mississippi Burning. Mm-hmm. They're probably my top three Alan Parkers. With uh, Mississippi Burning, his masterpiece. Uh, but the commitment. Oh, I disagree with Mississippi the Burning. The is. I mean, the yeah. commitment is based <laughs> on a great book, um, and it's and such a good movie. I mean, it's. A, I mean, I, I agree. To me, it is one of the best movies of the summer. I mean, it, it, to, it breaks, to me, it, he he comes alive when he deals with music. When uh, when Alan Parker has music at the core of his film. That's when that's when you can just feel him. Uh, well, that's not you true. know enlivened because because you, I feel that, if that way. Were true, with, you, would, you would you would adore Vita if that were true. Uh, unfortunately, I I don't like that music. Uh, I've never been a big huge fan of, uh, but I do think that it's a well made movie. I, I just don't like the music. Um, but you don't uh, like the music of Evita. You don't even like the the Patti LaPone version of the, the song. You know, I mean, the big song in it. That's that's all there is. You know, it I mean, breaks, just, it breaks my heart. Really does. That Alan Parker's last film is the life of David Gale, and that he hasn't. Yeah, done that is sad. Oh God! Oh my God! And that he hasn't done anything. <laughs> he hasn't but done I mean, anything. if you think about you think about. Uh, um, you know, fame. I love fame. I love uh, I, I I love the visuals in the wall. Uh, I like, uh, um, of course, I I think um, Bugsy Malone is one of his greatest movies, and uh, and um, this is definitely in that. The commitments is definitely in that wow, realm. I think I think that his his, his his movies are just so kinetically edited. He's lucky to have been. He was working with the same editor for many years, Jerry Hambling. And, uh, mm-hmm. in fact, the one Oscar nomination that the Commitments actually got, uh, unfortunately, was, was, for, was for editing. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Jamie's favorite, Alan Parker, probably uh, uh, comes out, uh, came out earlier, a couple of years earlier, was Angel Heart. Mm. Whoa, 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 what's wrong like, with Angel Heart? No, no, I'm telling you, no, no, that's, 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 that's one of my Angel favorites. Angel Heart's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. That, in that and I have to tell you, I, I, I have to tell you, I love Vida. Uh, mm. so, and I actually listen to the soundtrack a lot. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and, sh- and Shoot the Moon actually has a good uh, yeah, soundtrack. Great movie, yeah, actually, oh, with, a good okay. sound, with a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah I mean, Shoot the Moon is also another one of his great movies as well. I agree with that. I've never been a fan of Mississippi Burning. I don't like those movies about the black experience that have white people in the center of it. Like Just, To Kill a uh, Mockingbird and Glory and basically every movie about race? Uh, well, <laughs> Glory is more of a black, uh, is is a little bit more, let's give it credit, there's there's a little bit more of a black presence in Glory. Uh, may, maybe I'll give a pass to, uh, to To Kill a Mockingbird. Gone with the Wind. Gone with Wind has more of a black presence than. Really? Is, do we really want to Since its best performance is. is uh, one of its best performances comes from a black woman. 
So uh, I think that counts. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think that of that as a movie about the black experience anyway. So that's no, kind of a just false. Slavery. Uh, no, it's I, not about <laughs> slavery though. It's about it's got slavery as a background. It's not really a movie no, about I, slavery. I, I could give you a really radical interpretation of Gone with the Wind, but I want to show the stay on the air for a couple more years, so I'm going to shut the fuck up. And I don't even really look at To Kill a Mockingbird as a movie about the black experience, which I think the uh, the the story, the Brock Peters story in that, takes a definite backseat to the tale of the children. That's what it's about. It's not about... It's not about Brock Peters. Well, what about Hell Up in Harlem? Yeah. I, I, okay, what's the next uh, movie? Yeah. Uh, next you. movie Thank is, you, is Dean's favorite, other favorite mystery date. Uh, <laughs> yes. Who is the girl in mystery? I I I never saw mystery. Who's I know it's Ethan Hawke, but who is the girl? Anyone remember who the girl was? I can't remember. Who the girl and like she winds up in a trunk or something at one point. Uh, but yeah, mystery date. My kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, your kind of date. Oh. God damn you, the vow. <laughs> Terry Polo. The oh, great Terry, Terry Polo. Oh. Ter- oh, okay. I know Terry Polo's older sister. <laughs> oh, okay. I know a Dean's she, other favorite In, in this movie. movie, she literally has drunk in the trunk. This, this is. <laughs> I know a Dean's other favorite movie is. and it's, The best movie of the year, I would say. Oh, good lord! Um, yes. Uh, August twenty first, Barton Fink. The best movie of the year. Oh, mm. okay. No, no. Come on, guys, guys. He's absolutely. Come on. I mean, it's either this or dead again. I mean. No, you I, know, Bar- you don't like Barton Fink. Tell I like. Me why. Bar- I like. I like Barton Fink. This is the thing. I like Barton Fink. I think it's a good movie. Production, the the, the production design, is spectacular. Uh, Goodman is incredible in it. Some of the Totoro lines of dialogue, is fantastic in it. Some of the lines of dialogue are really great. Uh, Michael Lerner is a lot of fun, um, but it doesn't add up to anything. See, here's the thing. I'm not. I don't consider myself a Cohen head in that. Uh, you know, every film is the best film since the last film. Um, well, so, I don't consider myself that either. But there, so, was, a, there was definitely oh, a wait, time wait, there where they I, were in a run. Something? Can hmm. I say something? What? Aaron, this film doesn't give you that Barton thing feeling. <laughs> Barring a preference, we're going to put you to work on a wrestling picture, Wallace Beery. I say this because they tell me you know the poetry of the street, so that would rule out Weston's pirate pictures, screwball, Bible, Roman. Look... I'm not one of those guys that thinks poetic. It's got to be fruity. We're together on that, aren't we? I mean, I'm from New York myself. Where? Mince, if you want to go all the way back. Which we won't, if you don't mind, and I ain't asking. Now, people are going to say to you, Wallace Beery, wrestling, it's a B picture. You tell them, bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. Let's put a stop to that rumor right now. Thanks, Lou. Join us. Join us. We're talking about the Wally Beery picture. Excellent picture. Yeah, we got a treatment on it yet? No, not yet, Jack. We just bought the story. Saturday evening post. Ah, the hell with the story. Wally Beery is a wrestler. I want to know his hopes, his dreams. Naturally, you have to get mixed up with a bad element. 
And uh, romantic interest. You know the drill, romantic interest, or else a young kid, an orphan. What do you think, Lou? Wally a little too old for romantic interest? <laughs> Look at me. A writer in the room, and I'm asking Lou what the goddamn story should be. Which is it, Bart? Orphan? Dame? Both, maybe? Maybe we should do a treatment. Hell. Let Bart take a crack at it. He'll get into the swing of things, or I don't know writers. Let's make it a dame, Bart. Keep it simple. We don't got to tackle the world the first time out. The important thing is we all wanted to have that Barton Fink feeling. I mean, I guess we all have that Barton Fink feeling. But since you're Barton Fink, I'm assuming you have it in spades. Frankly, I think Miller's Crossing from the year before is, you know, if I have to pick one of the two, I think it's the better film. I, I, mean, well, I, would, gonna, I can't disagree we're not in a world where we have to pick. So, I mean, it's, they, they were doing great movies. Just one great movie after another. I love I love Miller's Crossing, uh, but uh, but to me, Barton Fink was the great movie of the year. It's a kind of a. It, it doesn't uh, add up to any, it. It doesn't add up to anything. It it has it has it's punctuated. It's a movie about the head living in your head. Uh, that that's and, very uh, cerebral and it's very uh, anticlimactic. Literally cerebral. I agree. Mm. It's an extremely cerebral movie. I love this movie, but I understand where Aaron's coming from. But Aaron, don't you think it's better than the Lady Killers? I mean, what do you want it to add no. up to? Um, you don't I think actually, it's better than the Lady Killers? No, I, I... That's absurd. I think... No, the Lady Killers <laughs> is a terrific movie because... Oh, they oh come on. on. Now you're I just... I was now I you're just doing your thing where you stick up for the thing that everybody shits on. Yeah, and I don't know why they, they dump on the Lady Killer because the Lady Killer adheres to a plot and a structure. Because I mean, it's a shitty version of a better movie. I yeah, hate I movies that remind me of better movies. Yeah, I never I never held the original in, in as reverence. How can you not hold the original up to a higher The original has got Alex Guinness in it for crying out loud. I love Alex I love Alex Guinness. Aaron, look, I agree with you on a lot of things, but here... I mean, I, if you said to me, you know... I, Guys, can I just go to the bathroom and throw up now? I mean, no, I'm here's, really... I'm devastated I, now. I, 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 I don't be Greg's... Look, I consider Manhunter one of the all-time greatest movies ever. And so they remade it as Red Dragon. Manhunter still exists. Red Dragon's a bad movie. You know, it's just the way it goes. I, you know, I, I don't believe that they had no right to remake Manhunter. I don't believe Gus Van Sant didn't have a right to remake uh, Psycho. Right, so, right, right. You know, oh, which, I don't, I don't mind people remaking things. I mean, that's, that's I don't mind. People, you, you, you can give it a shot. You know, people well, can give it a shot. Uh, put so. it in perspective. They remade Ben Hur, okay? Right. <laughs> they, they remade Ben Hur, and it was remade in '99. It was called The Phantom Menace, but now they're remaking it with the biblical version. Oh gosh! I mean, so I, I, can it, I go split my wrist now? So um, it doesn't bother me that they remade the the. It doesn't bother me that the Coen Brothers remade the Lady Killers. They did a fine. I thought they did a fine update. I didn't hold it in reverence. Just the same way, I didn't like lose my. I didn't lose my my lunch over, you know, like all the geeks did when they dared to touch old boys, uh, you know. So, yeah. You know. I don't mind, I don't mind remakes. We, we're, we're pretty okay on, with remakes. 
on uh, on Movie Geeks United, I think we have we have <laughs> generally the same opinion but of them. Barton, which is they're, Barton, they're like plays. Movies are like plays, and why shouldn't they be restaged occasionally? But uh, but some are better than others. Anyway, back to Barton Fink. Barton Fink, uh, you know, I mean, John Turturro, the, the incredible cast. It's the best looking movie of the year. It's the best written movie of the year. It's almost it's almost like a it's like a Rubik's cube that you have to sit and sort of figure out. It's got a great uh, great score by Carter Burwell, just like all their movies did uh, back then. You know, there there was a time where they were they were uh, and they still are incredibly uh, uh, you know reliable. Uh, I, I, I admit I need to see Hail Caesar. I, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people thought it was kind of meh, which tells me that I'm that positive problem. that you'll be sticking up for it. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. It's not the kid who's a young Han Solo in it. I mean, I yeah. mean it's but, not a kid who's a young Han Solo, and it's got, and he's actually in the funniest scene in the movie. I think you okay. could agree with that. But Dean. but uh, but also, it's it's worth noting that Barton Fink won the Palm Door, didn't it? Yeah, it was the only movie to win the Palme d'Or, Best Actor and Best Director in the same year. It was the the jury that was run by uh, Roman Polanski, so that gives you kind of an idea of why. Were there young girls girls on the jury? No, Whoopi Goldberg was on that jury. I remember remember, uh, Spike was mad that year. Because uh, oh yeah, Jungle Fever didn't win anything. They although came, it did win like a special supporting actor citation they for made, yeah, uh, they, Samuel they cre- Jackson. They created an award for him, but Spike right. won it because he felt they were robbed in in both '86 uh, and particularly in '89 when Do the Right Thing, and he thought they were robbed again in '91. Um, mm. So and no film has ever won three awards. At the, at the festival since before or since as a as a really freak occurrence makes you, you kind of well want to go back and you, you kind of <laughs> want to go back and, and look at the list to see what else was in competition because usually the unspoken rule is they try to spread it out yeah uh, makes you wonder what else was in the competition mm. um, but yeah okay, so, is there I one mean, week left yeah there's one week left let's see we got uh, one of my favorite films of the year, actually, Dead Again. Thank you. Yeah. Defenseless. Very good. And I'm going to stick up for one here. Harley <laughs> Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Well, you know, Vanity Fair would agree with you, Dean. I mean, I'm airing that year because they stuck up for it, too. That big profile Mickey Rourke that year. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, directed by Simon Winter of Lonesome Dub fame. So it's not like it was it was made by a hack. It was not like it just it was one of those you know obviously it's a film they dumped in the summer. Um, but it was a, it took place in the near future, nineteen ninety six. Right, ninety six, ninety seven. You know, it, it's a goofy western. It, I, I I'm not gonna go to the wall for it, but I it's one of those I don't think it's the worst movie ever made, and even defenseless. No. Even Defenseless, uh, with Barbara Hershey and uh, Sam Shepard, has some uh, moments that are kind of uh, intriguing. But clearly the film to, to beat uh, there is Dead Again, which mm-hmm. also made my top ten that year. And that was a film 
that I knew nothing about, but me and my sister went only because we saw Branagh on the Letterman show, mm-hmm. and he was very funny on the show, and you know, selling the movie. And so, like, literally the next day or two days later, my parents were out of town. My sister was like, well, let's go to the movies. And so let's go see Dead Again. And we went, and uh, it blew us away to the point that when my parents came back, we took them to it. Uh, so I saw it twice. It has it's probably That's probably my favorite score of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's it's just a good some, movie. It's a solid movie. And Andy yeah. Garcia is good in that, too, by the way. I mean, he's very good. Andy Garcia, Robin Williams, uh, Derek Jacoby. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a fun, it's just a fun over-the-top and, you know, this, this melodrama. Was a period, this was a period of time when Kenneth Branagh was a wonder kind, you know, where mm-hmm. you felt like he could he could do anything. And if you didn't feel like he could do anything, he certainly did. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved my wife forever. Of course, forever. All right. You still killed her, didn't you? A crime from the past has obsessed her. That was Roman Strauss. That was his wife, Margaret. He stabbed her in the throat with a lovely pair of barber scissors. For whatever reason, these events are consuming her. A stranger... Ah, my church. ...has found her. Why are you helping me? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I feel sorry for you. Maybe I like you. How far back are you? 1948. Hypnosis can take us back to our past lives. You expect me just to run with that? There's a lot more people on this planet who believe in past lives than don't. What do you see? Mr. Strauss? Mike, someone wants to kill me. Those are just dreams. They're not real. The more she trusts him, it's okay. The more she fears him. This is exactly what happened with Roman and Margaret. I'm not Roman. She had a pair of scissors. To be the man who ended her life. Roman? More than 40 years ago. He was gonna kill me. You saw Mr. Church in the past. I'm not Roman! You were in the house. Margaret! You take this, you sleep with it, you put it under your pillow, I come near you, you blow my head off, right? I would never hurt you. How am I supposed to keep him away? I mean, he really wants to see me. You burn somebody in one life, they get a chance to burn you back in this one. It's a karmic credit plan. Buy now, pay forever. Maybe Roman Strauss didn't kill his wife. What exactly is it between you and Mr. Baker? I could be a good friend, Margaret. If fate works at all, it works because people think that this time it isn't going to happen. The love and death of Roman and Margaret Strauss has begun all over again. It's a really solid movie. I mean, you know, you have, you know, the commitments, Barton thing, you know, and and Dead Again. You actually have a lot of really great art house, which would today definitely be art house movies. The the summer ends on a whimper with Beastmaster 2 and Child's Play 3. Wow. Which the less said, the better. Wait, Child's wait, play. There was a third oh. Child's Play movie. No one tells me this shit. Uh, there's like five of them, isn't there? Five or six of them now. I think there's like we actually a guy who was a big fan of the show. Will swears by all of them, but um. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of films that weren't that we should mention that weren't that we didn't get to mention here. Uh, the other big the big doc of that summer 
was Paris is Burning. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the big DACA that summer. I can remember Voguing was all the rage from the previous year because of Madonna's Vogue. And so the doc, Paris is Burning, became a big deal. And this was a, you know, this was still the time when, you know, you were lucky if one doc, you know, broke out. And Paris is Burning turned out to be the doc to break out. And like Slacker is probably one of those, you know, forerunners of things to come. Dealing with the race and right, right. No, you're race, absolutely right. Race and gender. So yeah, so that was like probably the big doc of that summer. So I think okay. o- overall, I just have one good, good summer. I just have one thing to say about Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, and then we'll close off. <laughs> uh, since I've gotten into vinyl record collecting, specifically soundtracks, I have been shocked that one of the most in-demand vinyl soundtracks is for Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. It Why routinely, it routinely pulls in over a hundred dollars per LP, and I, I have no idea why. Is it some kind I of? I mean, who's on it? <laughs> Is it a soundtrack or a score? No, it's a soundtrack. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Could it be because? Is it because of the cover or? Uh, <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I told them. Guys, we don't see Dean Morton and Don Johnson in the movie together that often. Let's celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, no, really, can't you guys celebrate the fact that Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke are in a movie together? I mean, Jesus Christ. So it's got Peter, it's got Bon it's got Bon Jovi, it's got Peter Frampton, uh, Kentucky Headhunters, uh, Copperhead, The Screaming Jets, Vanessa Williams. Uh, I guess she must be in the movie. And L.A. Guns. You're killing me now. L.A. Guns, Waylon Jennings, and Black Eyed Susan are on the soundtrack. You want me to have a Who wouldn't want that? Because I'm that old. You want me to have a heart attack. Jamie, here's the deal. When you finally get your hands on a copy, you got to make us all a copy. (laughs) I will. I will. I'm, I'm going to wait until I, I, I run into it, it at a thrift tape. store or something. Audio cassette. Audio cassette. you got to send it to us on audio cassette. Yes. All right, guys. I have it's a- been a fun show as always. Thank you, my friend Aaron. Thank you, buddy, for joining us again. Thank, Thank you, you, Aaron. for still being with us. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron, I'm going to be having a screening of Barton Fink, and I want you to come to, to talk about the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. With a double feature of that, that, and Tusk. Okay. <laughs>